Podcast ain't play nobody. Richard Johnson and I are in another special hurry up coaching edition. We're a little punchy. Tis the season. Uh, that's that's uh, at RJ Wrights on the uh, Twitter. That's RJ the- underscore Wrights. Get it right for the people, baby. Okay, that'll work. At 38 Godfrey, whatever. You guys know who we are. Let's do this real fast. Richard, how many group of five teams are better than Arkansas right now on a football field? Comfortably. Honestly. Comfortably. Comfortably 25. I would I think say- I think you would have to stretch. I think you'd have to stretch when you get past 40. If uh, you get so past So between 40. 25 and 40. Yes. Yes. I think between 25 or 40, group of five teams would beat Arkansas on a neutral field. How many Sunbelt sun teams? It's probably closer to 25 than it is 45, um, but uh, they're so bad. Hold on. Let me pull up the Sunbelt and say how many. Because so we've got, obviously, we've got five group of five leagues. Um, so we're saying roughly five teams a conference could beat – um, could beat Arkansas. I mean, I'll go off the dome right here. Uh, Cincinnati, UCF, Temple, Navy, Memphis. Cincinnati, UCF, Temple, Navy, Memphis, SMU, maybe Tulane, maybe Houston. Not Houston. I won't Here's stretch the Here's the deal. That's These are, you're naming good teams. Right. Like I'm talking about, like, could Liberty go in there and win that game? Yes. Okay. Yes. What about a three and six East Carolina? I don't think so. I don't think so. Richard, I think they might. But could could Appalachian State, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Lafayette beat Arkansas? Georgia State yeah. could. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Are the coastal Carolina Chanticleers going in there and beating Arkansas? That's where you stretch. I lean no. Okay. Here's my point. I lean no. Uh, This this meandering exercise has a point. I spoke to a coach in the old Southeastern Conference yesterday, and I was trying to get a hold on Arkansas, just in terms of like the job it will be, the job it is, the condition of the roster. And before we could even get into like any answering any one of those questions individually, the coach was just said, "Look, we talking about his school." They played Arkansas. They also played a scrub game, which almost every school has a scrub game, right, against like a low-level G5 team. Then he started talking about all the different particulars that they looked at when they were when they were doing cut-ups on the scrub team. And they were <laughs> every coach in the room agreed emphatically that the scrub G5 homecoming opponent was better coached, more situationally aware on film and playing with more mental awareness and discipline than Arkansas was. They beat Portland State by a touchdown. Like, what are we talking about here? Here's what we're talking about. This is a monumentally bad situation. Uh, I don't think... The good news for Arkansas is, I mean, you get to fire him and start over. You know, it's not like the NCAA is coming in and robbing you of 50 scholarships or somebody died. Like... All of this can go away fairly quickly within two years. I think you could get back to like a five and seven uh, or a six and six. This is a really, really bad football team. We are we have already set the table multiple times in terms of tie story, Western Kentucky. Maybe the death blow happens this weekend. Um, 
If it doesn't, they're going to fire him at season's end. I think the fallout in Arkansas is going to be severe. Then we got to figure out, Richard, what kind of job is Arkansas? Because you're in the West and you may have a worse roster than like a, like an NCAA depleted Ole Miss. So is that a is so that that prediction that that they fire him at the end of the season if they don't fire him Sunday is that a you think or is that a you know? Like well, are we are we kind of handicapping this for the audience or are we reporting? I think they fire him this weekend because I think they're going to lose to Western Kentucky. I cannot see a situation, nor has any person I have spoken to in the college football world seen a situation in which Chad Morris is the head coach of Arkansas next year. Now. That is me saying I cannot and I have not heard of anyone who thinks there's a situation. I guess in the multiverse, there is a reality in which Hunter Juracek and all the important Arkansas people and Walmart and Tyson Foods and Jerry Jones all hold hands together and Jerry Jones' grandson starts quarterback this weekend and blows it all up and like they stand behind Chad. I don't know how the hell we get to that reality because... I've never heard coaches normally a little bit more reserved about just out and out shitting down the back of another coach. Believe it or not, that hasn't happened as much as you think. This was a total they got they they are getting a failing grade in every single category from their peers. And I've never seen a situation like that before. The, yeah, the coaching fraternity will cape for the brethren. Yeah, it could be like they may say the scholarship is wonky, or the cupboard was much uh, much more bare than the guy thought it was, or on and on and on. Coaches will make excuses for other coaches because they've been in the wars, just like me or you would make an excuse for a writer with editors that we know are shit. Yes, when but- coaches tell you that they, because what coaches do not like. Coaches that get jobs who they do not think can coach. And there are other more highly publicized coaches in the industry that coaches say, that guy is skating by, he can't coach a lick, we don't, we don't dig that. And that's irrespective of that's irrespective of race. Obviously, race comes into it sometimes, mm-hmm. but other times it doesn't. Other times they'll just say, I don't think that guy can coach a lick. We're in this. We're we're in this category. This is this is uncharted territory only because I've never seen this happen in the SEC. And you think about bad SEC tenures because it, no one is ever going to speak this way about anyone at Vanderbilt because they're going to have a perception that Vanderbilt's handcuffed. All right, there were some bad eras at places like Kentucky, the Mississippi schools. Um, there's never really been one this bad unless you count John L. But at Arkansas, John L. was in a very, you know, John L. was in an obviously identifiable situation. Okay. This is not that. Again, I have to keep saying this every time we do this show. There were no NCAA sanctions. They fired Brett Bielema. He wasn't that bad. And we are a long way from Brett Bielema. Ugh. I'm, lo- I'm like, I. Win probability against Western is slightly less than 50%. And then it's a bye week in LSU. And then it's Missouri. Like, uh, uh, No, this is it, man. This is it. This is what I'm saying. Um, We've never really seen a regime fail quite like this one. Um, So, all right, let's pivot for a second, Richard. This job I don't think has caught the attention of the coaching community yet because, honestly, they're still too busy trying to figure out why it went sideways as bad as it did. This is – you cannot compare this situation to any other coach um, in a similar tenure, similar spot. It's just this is something entirely unique, and I'm saying that based on the conversations I've had with people in the industry. So what do you do, Richard, 
next? Who do you hire next? At Arkansas, I mean, I go get a Texas guy or I get a Willie Fritz. I look at Willie Fritz and I see what Willie Fritz has done out there with that scheme. Um, I know what Willie Fritz has done in my region of the country. Um, I like Willie Fritz. I like what he brings to the table. Um, There's no, like... The, I wish like I wish Jerry was like more of a wild card here. Like I wish Jerry was kind of in the mix so that we can really, really have some fun. Like a former Cowboys assistant or like Chris Richard. Hey, gets, man, you're saying this like I mean, you've said Candyman twice. I feel like a couple more times it's going to happen. You know, like I don't know if he's not I don't know how hands off he is. Yeah, I like I let's let's get weird, man. Let's get real weird. But no, I like this is it's an SEC job and coaches will tell you that there's nothing like coaching in the SEC for the reasons that a lot of you can assume. Um the I I we're not going to sit here and say Arkansas is not an attractive job. Like Arkansas will get its fair share of applicants, of interest. Um it the fact that it's just a bad team is what makes it I think attracted to the type of alpha that a, an, a football head coach is, you know, they, these guys love a challenge. They love the hashtag adversity. Like the hashtag adversity here isn't sanctions, isn't money, isn't those type of things. It's just a bad team. Uh, I will say this. I don't think that uh, they can go back and do another AAC coach. I think they have to go out and try and swing one more time with, the Gus Malzahn situation. I think they have to. Um, oh, not, dear. This is not a right or wrong thing. This is me saying that Arkansas is going to try and muster one last chance at, at quote, you know, break, hashtag bring them home. Um, you think that you you think that they will take a swing? It, 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 well, yeah, because it doesn't hurt. It's not going to hurt anything. Um, like you'd be derelict not to. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think you would, but just because of the way this situation has ended, and then maybe this is time for Gus. You know, I, I, people. I think it really comes down to is this is a referendum on Bo Nix? What an unfair situation to be in! But I, I think Gus is trying to figure out what do we look like in twenty twenty two here, and how much longer do I want to do this? And you know. I heard a, <laughs> I heard a story today that uh, a story like an anecdote that, uh, you know, why wouldn't Auburn be willing to pay the buyout for Arkansas to get rid of Chad Morris if they knew for a fact that Gus Malzahn would come to Fayetteville and get rid of the buyout that Auburn put itself under a couple years ago? Food for thought, you know. Uh, Richard Rutgers is open. Rutgers is in the process of finalizing their hire. By the time this publishes, actually, that's not true. If the, if Rutgers has made a hire, we will re-record this. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is Wednesday at five twenty Eastern time. Right. Um, we both still very much expect and believe that uh, Greg Schiano will be the next head coach at Rutgers. It's his job to turn down because of the power play at hand. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people about Rutgers, and like anecdotally, some of the things I heard about. Um, it's Rutgers Week at Banner Society, right? Yeah, it is, baby. Okay, it's Rutgers Week at Banner Society because there's no real program that that has that's sort of wearing its embarrassment quite the way that Rutgers is, almost sort of flaunting it, maybe inadvertently. Um, and we have a good time making fun of Rutgers, and uh, most of the scorn that they get is is deserved and sometimes brought upon themselves. The thing that uh, I want to talk about with Rutgers is why. And how 
it is what it is. Um, so let's do some fact from fiction. Um, I, I think that this idea that you can't have a competitive team based in New Jersey is total fiction, right? We've seen recruits from New Jersey that go to Michigan, that go to Penn State, that go all across the country, Alabama. I mean, like there is football talent in that area. And by virtue of the fact that you are a Big Ten team, you should be able to put football talent together to be better than they have. Agree? But the question is ceiling. Okay. You're in a division with three automatic losses every year. Okay, so that's that's uh, halfway to six before you kick a ball. Okay, so you're leading me to my next point. It's not that Rutgers is horrible because they're in New Jersey. It's not that Rutgers is horrible because they used to be in the Big East. I will start to transition here and say it is because Rutgers was drafted into the Big Ten for all the wrong reasons. And as an organization, as a as a front office, if you will, the athletic administration, the way they handle player personnel and hires and fundraising and marketing, none of that was ready for prime time. They were tapped on the shoulder and told to come to the Big Ten for the Big Ten's own strategic purposes. Rutgers was not ready for that. It continues to show to this day for all the things that you do see. So when you make the joke about well, Rutgers was brought in for the TV, that that's real. There's that, that that's the truth, and they're terrible because they didn't get their shit together when they realized they were suddenly getting called up to the big time for all the wrong reasons. Now, inside of Rutgers, what I've heard is. It is an absolute mess, and part of the infatuation with Shiano is that people believe he has a particular hold on the on the minds there and the boosters and also the actual people in the organization, in the athletic department, to untangle some of the bullshit mess that has happened there. So what do I mean did by... He, go ahead. Did he get fired or did he leave? He left. He left. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He left. Um, he went to the NFL. He definitely got fired in the NFL. Oh, he went to the Bucks. Yeah, the the yes, Mercer thing the and the going for the knees and the kneel down and the kneel the kneel down out of the shotgun. Teams had to start kneeling down Just out of the a shotgun. Righteous shit show with the Bucks. The alienating Gerald McCoy, your best player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people believe that Shiano can come in and return them to glory. Now, every coach I've talked to immediately points out the fact that it's the same situation as Bobby Petrino coming back to Louisville. <laughs> the school you're coming back to is vastly different because the school you're coming back to now has to play Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State and not West Virginia and UConn and Temple, et cetera. All right? And, I mean, the athletic department he's coming back into is in a a bit of tumult right now. There is a disgusting softball scandal going on right now yes. at Rutgers with, uh, with a softball coach. It is a very, very ugly situation from the top down there. So, and it's it's and this is a new way. This is not Julie Herman that was its own mess four or five years ago. The weird thing here is that I don't think people are paying that enough attention because on its own, it's it, it's a severe non-joking. This is this is something you should just read about because this is the kind of shit that happens in the in the collegiate model right now. However, we as college football fans are just always. We're flawed by looking at the football part way, way too much. No coach I have spoken with, Richard, has said, oh, I wouldn't talk to them or they're not. Because, you know, Rutgers is not drawing the kind of attention I think they thought they would by getting out and doing it early. It's just been like Shiano in a really, really, really thin field. The reason for that is that not because they play Ohio State and Penn State every year. That's not why. It's because they look at that administration, that organization, and they think, I don't know if they're going to afford me the clout or afford anybody the clout 
and the control to fix these problems, okay? So I've had multiple people describe it to me basically as way, way too political, highly segmented, and entire operations and divisions of the overall athletic structure, specifically areas that support football in big, big ways. So recruiting, player personnel, uh, the entire medical apparatus from doctors to trainers to everything else. Uh, the, the, the best quote I got about it was, they don't know from winning. Which just basically means they don't know how they don't they don't know what it looks like at the power five level uh, on how to how to create and compose those departments to support a winning football program. Now, again, that's a problem, but we've heard a thousand rebuild stories before. Right. The most famous one in the modern era is that Nick Saban went and put the puzzle pieces together at LSU in a way that they had never been put together before, fixed LSU more or less and left. So why can't you go in and fix Rutgers? Well, one, it ain't Louisiana. It never will be in terms of college football. But two, they don't think that anyone wants... that. The biggest issue is that it's broken. They don't know how to be good. But also, you can't tell them that. It's a highly political culture in which people are appointed from different areas. There are different affiliations and different loyalties. And every single person in the college football world I've spoken with about this said... It may not be an environment for anyone but Greg Schiano to be able to pull off the things necessary to create a seven or eight win program. And by the way, you started this conversation talking about the schedule, Richard. One other piece of evidence on how jacked up they are in terms of an athletic department and having no plan or priority, cohesion, communication. Look at their future schedule. If you're Rutgers, you need wins, Richard. That's all you ever need. <laughs> you need wins forever. I don't care if you have eight wins or two wins. You need wins because of the situation that you're in. Because it is unfathomable that you will ever be Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, etc. You may not even be Michigan State. So what have you done? You've gone and scheduled games that are that are losable. You have series against Kansas State. You have series against Virginia Tech. What are you doing? You have a one-in-one one with Temple. Temple is in every way, shape, and form a better football program than you right now. Okay? I don't understand why so many schools do this. I oh, don't. Oh, that's a two-for-one. Two They're going to Temple. No, no, no. Excuse me. That's a two-for-two. Two. Yeah. It's two-for-two. Two. That's a series. There's um, um so so their, their non-conference is K-State, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Temple spread out across all the way through 2031. In addition to, uh, they've got two games left with Syracuse. This is not what you should be doing, folks. I understand the Syracuse thing if you're making like a New New York, New Jersey thing out of it. Here's what you do. Here's how you do that. If you're feeling salty enough to do that, do a one-off game at MetLife or Yankee Stadium. Cool? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. You live in Brooklyn, right? Like, hey, that's fun. That's something. It's the and look. I'll get this out of the way first. Rutgers is not close to New York City, and it's not accessible either. No, if you take the NJ Transit, it's not. You can't get there, right? You can't get. You have to, you have to take a bus. Lovely, just what everyone wants to hear. Um, All right, can we please stop talking about Rutgers? Holy! So shit. here's the situation with Rutgers. It's going to be Greg Schiano. Is it because of Greg Schiano's acumen or prowess as a head coach, Richard? Not necessarily. Does it? Does I don't want our commentary to lead you to believe that he can't be successful there. I want my commentary based on what I've, the people I've spoken with to tell you that most people think Greg Schiano is the only person who could be relatively successful there. 
Yeah, it's one of the it's it's when they said Shiano way way back when they first fired Chris Ash, I I was like, huh, okay. There will be a better assistant pool. There will there will be money spent on football. But I'm telling you right now, the million little things in the SEC and the Big Ten that get streamlined and coddled and and fattened up and 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 crip coursed for football to be successful will not happen at Rutgers. And it's not an integrity thing. It's that they're totally, completely disorganized. Richard. Whew. That's enough Rutgers for a while, right? Thank God. Let's move right. on. Rutgers week. There you have it. Uh, Southern California may or may uh, not have a new athletic director. Um, may or may not have a new athletic director. Mike Bond uh, of Cincinnati reported late last week that he took the job. Not just that he took the job. Like the president of the school called Luke Fickle and was like, we're going to be okay. We're going to hire a replacement. Don't worry about it. Search committee starting to form. All that kind of stuff. There's only one hitch in the old giddy up here. Um, apparently, nobody told Mike Bond that he couldn't hire Urban Meyer. And apparently, other ADs that have turned this job down, and there have been multiple, were also told that they couldn't hire Urban Meyer. Um, and had, that made them turn the job down. I got I got one question that nobody's asking here. Both of us think Urban Meyer will come back to college football and be a head coach one day. But... I did not think it was going to be after 12 months. I will say this, Richard. I, I'm starting to doubt that if it's not this, though, because I don't know. I, I mean, the way Urban thinks and the way he's approached these jobs in the past. So if not USC with a with a, a big, clean slate, a new athletic director that's sort of picked for you, what other situation the next year or two w- would it be? I mean, Notre Dame right. is the one everyone talks about, but I, right. I, I don't know. I just... um. I think this thing breaks one of two ways. Um, they either go the urban route or it's start from zero, and we're going to find out really soon. And and 0.1 is James Franklin, by the way. Uh, I mean, if you're a Penn State fan, get ready. Between this, yeah. between Florida State, I, I mean, so James Franklin's name uh, came up, and there was communication with James Franklin on the first coaching search that resulted in Willie Taggart. Uh, James's name has come up pretty much every time anyone talks about USC or Los Angeles. Sometimes his name comes up in NFL discussions. I mean, none of these things are wrong necessarily. Um, the weird thing is, is he could be coaching a team in the playoff at the same time. So get ready for a and I, circus. I don't think you you uh, USC can wait till December twenty eighth. Like you can't you can't wait out you can't wait out James Franklin on um, on early signing day. You can't. No, if they burn through an entire signing class because Penn State or at is least in most a, of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, basically most like basically an entire signing class because Penn State's in the. It would have to be a playoff situation, I guess. And and for, I know Franklin would not leave in that situation. There's no reason to do that. That, that would be well. Stupid. If he, I mean, if he if he makes the playoff, they sign him to an extension next week. The week after the selection committee announces the decision, instead of probably waiting for after the playoff, and we're done. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I, I will say this about USC: um, Carol Folt is winning. It's bottom line. If Urban Meyer's never going to be USC's head coach because because USC will not go down that road, that means new USC president Carol Folt is doing what she came to USC to do, which is put a stamp on it, say, we're done with athletics at USC as it was. Uh, we're going to do it 
my way, maybe not or the highway, but it, well, I guess or the highway, given that Mike Bond might not be um, USC's athletic director. Now, again, this is Wednesday. This is 530. Mike Bond may come to his senses and say it's USC. I would love to be at USC. It's going to double my salary. It's USC and not Cincinnati. That is no respect, disrespect to Cincinnati. I'm sure a lot of them would rather live on the beach too. I know I would. It's going to snow on Friday. But is it I, really? Yeah, man. It's this place is a prison. Um, I I really think that even more than Urban Meyer, take Urban Meyer out of the equation for two seconds, which I know is a weird thing to do. If you're an AD. And the president is telling you from square one that you can't have or you can't pursue someone that's going to cause friction. It's going to start a relationship off with friction. Now, you combine that with the friction being over one of the best coaches any of us have ever seen. And, you know, you got a really tough hiring situation. Um, but. Carol Fult was tasked to do a certain thing, came in with a certain mandate. She's executing it. It's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, the other name that I heard a lot, if if by the time this is up, you know, we should know that Mike Bond is being introduced, the Cincinnati Athletic Director as the new AD with the obvious urban connection. The only other name that I heard as much um, was there was some interest in, in, in Danny White. Danny White has a pretty substantial buyout for an AD at least. Um, and then the other name I heard a lot about with that job was Alan Green, the athletic director at Auburn. So they cast a wide net. And but I, Alan Green is is relatively new at Auburn, and and AD eighties don't jump like coaches do. Like eighties no. jump, but they don't jump as quick. Like two and a half, three years in Willie Taggart's case, two years. Um, coaches jump. Coaches move around pretty quickly. Um, senior administrators, it, they move, but they move a little bit at a little bit of a slower pace. I think, to. I, I think what it tells me, especially in Alan Green's case, is that this was a uh, this is the kind of rare occasion where they might jump. This is the rare occasion where they would draw someone out of a very comfortable, very, very good job such as Auburn to to go and be on the ground floor of what I, I, I guess up until recently was being pitched as a hey, you've got control rebrand, rebuild what's going on with USC athletics. I don't think it's ever that simple though. And I think a lot of the candidates, much like we were talking about Rutgers as a head football coaching job a second ago, I think the USCAD candidates are finding out that you are never walking into that situation without many more strings attached than you can even see. I mean, it's, it's one of those jobs that sounds really great on its face. And then you kind of get up close to it and you get up near it and you realize that it may be something different than what it was. I do also wonder, like, what part... A lot of people are saying, oh, are we blaming the search firm for this? Or are we blaming the search committee for this? So, obviously, Carol Folt and her search committee uh, at the USC on the school side, they will get and vet the clients that the search firm, um, whichever search firm it is that they contracted, I'm not sure, um, but whatever search firm they retain, the search firm surfaces clients, the search committee, then obviously interviews and susses out and vets. Um, I what something something got lost in the translation there. I, I don't know if somebody didn't tell Mike Bond that he's got to hire Urban Meyer or that he that he can't hire Urban Meyer. I should say uh, something's lost in translation there, and that I, I don't know. There's there's something there to untangle. 
time for I Believe, which is a new game for us to just express single thoughts uh, so as to not um, maybe jump in. These ideas aren't half-baked. But these definitely are opinions. Little pieces of information Richard and I pick up as we go through the silly season. Uh, I will start. Richard, I believe that no matter what happens, Ole Miss will retain Matt Luke and he will coach in 2020. I'm uh, sure. Sure. What, I, you got, I, what do you got for me? I, I'm not going to say I disagree. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. All right. Here's another one. I believe Tony Elliott at Clemson will be coaching somewhere else next year. Yeah, I mean, he's a finalist for the Georgia Tech job. He was in the mix for Charlotte. Um, I believe that there's an unfortunate bias against Willie Fritz for both age and offensive style. None of those things make sense, but... I disagree because Will Hall is now attached. I think you can sell Will Hall... You can sell Will Hall a little bit differently than Willie. Now, I also think that Willie, for his own prospects... Um, isn't a guy that burns people, is a guy that's pretty well-liked, pretty well-respected in the industry. Um, I, I think that on Arkansas, for instance, could, if they do not get their 1A Gus, could potentially go after Willie and it and it would play. Look, I like Will Hall. I, I mean, I get it. I'm just telling you what I hear. Um, the last one, I believe Vanderbilt will be open. I believe there will be a new head coach at Vanderbilt next year. We're going to find out who's built for it. My poor guy, Mace. All right, Richard, I will see you on the next episode, which is actually going to be the tasting menu.